Welcome to Sexual Health Matters. We acknowledge that the land that we are recording on is the traditional land of the Kaurna people, and we honor their ongoing spiritual and cultural relationship with their country. We pay respects to the Kaurna elders past and present. We also extend our acknowledgement to the traditional custodians of all the lands across Australia and pay our respects to all Aboriginal elders past and present. Before we get started, I'd just like to acknowledge that today's episode will only be discussing one person's experience and that of course the experience of sex and intimacy after having a baby varies greatly between individuals and couples for a variety of reasons. We'll be endeavouring to create a series of podcasts on this topic to explore the experience of other people, such as partners, same-sex couples and health professionals. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Sexual Health Matters, a podcast brought to you by Shine SA. My name is Pauline Cassar and I'm a nurse and midwife and also one of the clinical workforce educators here at Shine. Today we're going to be talking about sex after having a baby, talking realities and what to expect. There's no doubt that having a baby is a life-changing experience and it can bring great joy and fulfilment to your life. The big changes it brings can also present some challenges, especially if you're becoming a parent for the first time. With all the new demands and responsibilities of parenting, it's very likely that you will also notice changes in your relationship with your partner and in your sex life. It's common for new parents to feel unsure about becoming sexually active again after having their baby. It's not a topic that is spoken about very much, if at all, during antenatal care. And after the birth, the focus naturally tends to be on the baby. In the early days, you're learning about feeding, settling and caring for your new baby. And it's easy for your relationship to take a back seat. So when is it the right time to start having sex again? Well, the short answer is whenever you feel ready and comfortable. For many people, this happens within one to three months, but it's also normal for it to take longer. It's a personal experience and different for everyone. I'm sure most parents would agree that caring for a new baby is an intense physical and emotional experience, which can be overwhelming and exhausting. It's not surprising that extreme tiredness is the most commonly reported reason for a decrease in sexual activity by new parents. You may also be experiencing discomfort or even pain, adjusting to changes to your identity and your new role, and also to changes in your body shape and weight. You might be feeling like you're on an emotional roller coaster or struggling with anxiety or depression. Shina Say has produced a booklet about sex after having a baby, which talks about these challenges and offers advice about things that may help, as well as lots of places you can get support. This has been updated recently and will be available to order from our resource centre soon. Looking after yourself by getting enough rest, getting some exercise and taking time out to do something pleasurable just for yourself is really important, as is talking with your partner about how you're feeling. Having open communication is key to a healthy relationship. It can also be helpful to plan time together without the baby or the children to reconnect as a couple. It's important too to remember that it's okay to ask for help when you need it. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Cassie, a working mother of two young girls who has kindly agreed to share with us her experience of becoming a mother and the changes that she experienced in her relationship with her partner. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your experience of those early weeks and months after having a new baby? I'm Australian. I was born in South Australia. And when I had my first daughter, I'd actually been living in Canada for about four years. I had gone there to become an international career woman in the world of environmental management. And that was going along pretty well. So I was 33 when I fell pregnant with my first daughter, Sage. At that point, my husband wasn't 
the most empowered person when it came to the idea of having a baby. And I said to my midwives really early on, I know that I'm going to be fine through this experience, but I would really love it if you could bring him along and just really try to involve him in every aspect of that. And they just did such a wonderful job of that. And I think right up to the birth, he just felt so empowered the entire way. And we did manage to have a successful home birth. We were really lucky and very empowering experience from my perspective. It just really made me feel like I could do anything at that particular time. But I guess I wasn't fully prepared for the, for the next few months. I don't know that any, any new mother is. My mum came to visit me after a couple of weeks, which was really, really important to me at that time because I was feeling kind of almost scared of leaving the house, something I never imagined feeling after all this, you know, doing things like treading the wilds of Alaska through to being too scared to leave my apartment with my 10-day-old baby. My husband had never seen me that vulnerable before either and he didn't exactly know how to, <laughs> how to cope with me. So whilst I'd had an excellent birth experience, Nothing really had prepared me for that real unraveling that occurred in the next few weeks of feeling incredibly vulnerable and also just crushed by the love I had for this for this child. I never felt like that before and, you know, like you could just do anything for this baby. I started to get a little bit resentful of my husband's freedom as well. Like he could just get up and he could go out on the boat and go fishing for a couple of hours or he could go and play hockey or he could go and do those things that were normal. If I wanted to do something like that, I felt like it would take a week of planning for me to be able to go out and doing something. So I actually ended up getting a little bit down and I got talking to one of my very good friends and she suggested I go and get a bit of professional help actually. And I ended up talking to a counsellor because I just needed to sort out what was scaring me and that, that vulnerability that I was dealing with and I just needed to start talking to someone about it. And how was your relationship with Mark at this time? We'd always had our ups and downs. We'd always been a little bit of a volatile, like a little bit of a roller coaster type couple. We still are in lots of ways and that had made for very fiery sex life and fabulous sex life. I think that our sex life relied on there being a certain amount of fieriness there and I sure as hell had lost my fire. (laughs) I guess not just our sex life, but our relationship struggled. And I think a lot of it was to do with me feeling that resentment around his freedom. And I needed him to be doing more to help me reconnect with all of those different other aspects of my life, not just reconnecting with him and and my sex life, but giving me the time to reconnect with my friends or reaching out to my family or even just going for a walk on my own and understanding that that was something that was important to me and that I couldn't just make it happen on my own anymore, that I was actually relying on him to make it happen. And until I could actually figure out that that's what my problem was and be able to communicate that to him, we really struggled. But then once I could, he was mostly really helpful and really supportive and he could get it. But it took me a long time to figure out that that's what was missing. I've heard a good saying that foreplay doesn't begin in the bedroom, it begins in the kitchen and the laundry and, you know, what your partner, how they contribute to the household and helping you be able to, you know, have some time for yourself and it's so important, yeah, that when you're feeling good about yourself, that's when you're more likely to want to have sex because, you know, if you're feeling terrible and you're so depleted, you know, you're not going to be feeling like having sex. And you were saying that... um, You had a really great relationship with your midwives, but you didn't feel like you could talk to them about stuff other than the baby. 
did they give you much information about what to expect with, you know, relationships and sex after having the baby? Or do you feel like you got enough information while you were pregnant? I felt shy about asking. And also the model of care pretty much released me after, I think it was only about eight weeks or so. And where to go from there was very unclear. And I never had an established doctor before that. And I couldn't find one after. And I never did feel really well supported thereafter. Yeah, it is difficult, especially when you're not at home, you're overseas as well. So that added to that complexity a bit. Yeah. Finding the counsellor was really good. And that's, again, you know, staying connected with friends, even really, really good trusted friends. If my friend hadn't suggested that I go and do that, you know, I would have been in a much worse place because she could see that I wasn't quite myself and, you know, to have her suggest that. And it validated what I thought I was <laughs> feeling as well. I remember always feeling guilty when I start thinking about what I need. I felt like all I should be talking about is my baby and that all I should be worrying about is my baby. I think that was a really great point that you shared about how important it is to look after yourself as well. I think that's a common thing that as mothers, we put pressure on ourselves to just be everything to everyone and to give constantly. But I always like to think, you know, when you're looking after yourself, you're looking after your babies and your kids Mm. because they have a healthy, happy mum, you know, and it's so important. So I'm glad you shared about that. And I never thought I'd be that way beforehand as well. You don't sort of realise how much everything shifts before it happens. I was much more of a slightly more selfish person, certainly before I had a baby. It's sort of also feeling like you're never enough, which I think continues well into not just having a baby and, and afterwards, but I really actively almost challenge that. So could you share with us how having your new baby impacted on your sex life with your partner? And did your expectations meet reality? Because we'd always had such a fiery sort of good sex life beforehand, I guess my expectations post-baby most definitely did not fit reality. Before I'd had a baby, I thought we would just get back on track after, you know, a couple of months or whatever. And I really wasn't prepared for absolutely not being interested whatsoever in getting back on track. And there are a few things that made that worse. I think there are, you know, there are sort of hormones at play and I just didn't feel like that shaggable goddess that I'd felt like. (laughs) It was just the way that I even perceived myself, you know, things like doing my hair nicely and my bikini line waxing and all of those things had had really fallen off the schedule and I just really wasn't interested in reinstating them so quickly. Not to mention the, the physical side of it. I didn't require stitches after having a baby, but there was a little bit of scar tissue there. The first couple of times I tried, it was quite uncomfortable. And I think following that, the thought of having sex, I remember just starting to sweat and and getting quite anxious about, oh, here comes the pain, here comes the pain. And there were certain positions that I I just couldn't even deal with. And I felt felt guilty about that. Obviously, I didn't need to. And my husband was quite understanding. But I think that that was just also added to just not being interested as well. The other aspect was that my body just felt different. It didn't feel like my own. Not only was I dealing with that touched out, I just can't deal with another person or thing touching me. It was also, for example, I suddenly had these most fantastic looking boobs and my husband likes boobs, but I could not stand him touching my boobs. It would just make my skin crawl. And I just felt like punching him in the face if he, if he touched them. It was just making me so angry. And I don't know, it was, it was quite physiological. I don't really know what was driving that. And obviously I was fine with my babies touching my boobs, but it was like my boobs belonged to my babies. And even a couple of years on, I feel like I've only just started to get over that. It's something that certainly changed for a lot longer than I expected it to. And so 
What sort of things did you find helped and made a difference to get your sex life back on track or some kind of new normal? Lube. (laughs) Yeah, just I'd never really bothered with it before and it was life-changing with that whole scar tissue aspect and it just became essential. And once my husband understood it was essential, like that was very helpful. The contraception side of it, I started to get really stressed out about and ended up getting an IUD. But in the time leading up to that, I just... I think what would have been really helpful is if he could just 100% take responsibility for that with with the condoms and me not having to remind him or having to you know have more mental labor of thinking about that because there's nothing more stressful than oh my gosh did we use protection did we not did you worry about that did you oh you're still you know just there was just that anxiety around that that just really killed it for me as well yeah so I guess the most helpful things were you know understanding my new body and what it liked and what it didn't like and being patient about the changes again that's a moving target body heals and changes at a different rate I just remember going out to a bar with one of my friends when my baby was six weeks old and it was the first time I'd really been out without my husband we sat there and it was just so nice I was sitting there having a sneaky glass of wine and soda and this guy came up and sat next to us and started chatting away. I was just gushing about, oh, I've got this new baby and blah, 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 blah. And after he got, my friend just started cracking up loud. She goes, you do know he was hitting on you, don't you? And I just was like, what? It's just to do with the perception of myself. I hadn't seen myself as being yeah. even remotely shaggable for, you were back. for such a long time. <laughs> and because I couldn't see myself that way, it was very hard to get into wanting to be sexual at all really for quite a while um yes yeah, having my husband you know not showing signs of frustration with me and just helping with everything so that I could feel relaxed being flexible and caring and having that solidarity just made such a big difference to my willingness to, to try more and get better at it because the more you try more quickly you do get comfortable with it again as well but it's, mm. it's hard at first my husband, I don't think he'll ever be a wonderful communicator. It would have been helpful for us, I think, to talk about our future sex life before we'd had the baby because that had always been the glue that kept us together and recognising that we had a bit of an up-and-down relationship and the sex always fixed it. And when that wasn't available to us anymore, we, we struggled a lot more and that's where we needed to communicate better to better understand our needs. If we could have spoken a bit better about that before we had our baby, I think we might have done a bit better, you know, and just talked about what aspects of intimacy was he going to take responsibility for if I couldn't be the sex vamp that, you know, (laughs) that I I seemed to be able to turn on before that because I sure as hell couldn't turn it on so easily after that. Probably, I think I'll still struggle with that again a few years later. But communication, it sounds a bit cliche, but I think it it is really key. You've given some great advice there for new parents. Have you got anything else you'd like to add? Everything changes day by day. You just get used to something with your baby and then and then something new happens and the rest of your life kind of has to follow suit. It's this moving target all of the time, but it's also temporary. And looking back, I think of being overseas and all the things that I would have done differently. But I wish I could have looked at it as understanding that it was going to pass, that everything was temporary and that I was going to feel better and that in the morning I might feel crappy but by that evening often I feel so much better and your hormones are a bit crazy everything's a bit crazy but it is so temporary and just be patient with yourself and knowing that really it sounds almost cliche but it is going to going to be over and you're going to be fine everybody's going to be fine but just being patient with yourself I think and 
and those around you as much as you can is really important. I think that's excellent advice. Thank you so much, Cassie, for sharing your story with us today. I'm sure it's been really helpful for other parents and parents-to-be to hear about your experience. If you'd like more information about this topic, contact Shine Say to get a copy of our booklet on sex after having your baby, which will be available soon from our clinics or through our resource centre on the Shine Say website. And thank you so much for listening. Sexual Health Matters is a podcast produced by Shine SA under funding by Country SA Primary Health Network. For more information about sexual health, please visit www.shinesa.org.au.